Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's on our music. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is the Flowtrack Podcast. I am Kevin. He is Gordon. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com is the email address if you'd like to get in touch. Also, scan the QR code. You can text us. What's that number, Gordon? 31032. You can text my name. You can text Gordon's name. Uh, you can become a member on the Flowtrack Podcast YouTube page on today's pod. Talk about relays. Relay season, Gordon. You ready? Relay season kicks off with a bang here in our good old backyard in Austin, Texas, the Texas Relays. You got things going down in Florida. North Carolina's got a, a relay going down. So break it down all today. Get ready for a fun weekend. Mm-hmm. And we got that pick'em going on this weekend as well, too, where you and I are giving out a flow track sub subscription gordon what do people need to do to win that's right click on the qr code or just head over to our website and go to the news section you'll find the the web page win a subscription to the to uh flow track for the month of april and all you gotta do is correctly predict who's going to win the men's four by one at the texas relays that goes down on saturday afternoon if you get it right you'll be put in the pool of all the people who also got it right and be in the running for being selected as a winner. In order to be selected, you got to give in your phone number, but it's very simple setup. Just click go the person, the team that you think is going to win, type in your number, and boom, you're entered. Uh, very simple. And uh, we already have like preliminary kind of, you can kind of see where everyone is going with their picks right now. Because right now mm-hmm. we have LSU, Houston, USC, Florida, A&T, A&M, and other and right now, yeah. 35% of y'all are picking Houston, 15% USC, 13% LSU, 13 Florida, 10 other, 8 A&T, and 5% A&M. So a majority of you guys are going with Houston um, and USC, which are our picks. And 
you know, I like to think people like to ride with me over you. That's the way I'm looking at this because I'm going with Houston and you're going with USC. So it looks like 35% of our fan base like to ride with me. That's a scary proposition. I don't know why people are so high on Houston coming off the indoor season. Not sure. I think USC is a better pick. We shall see. It's going to start as we're – the first round is going to happen pretty much as we're podcasting. So if someone drops the baton, then, you know, that's going to be tough. Tough way to go with your prediction. But, um, yeah, I went SC. I know – I mean, Houston's obviously going to be better than they were during the indoor season. But I think this one – is important for Houston to get off to a good start. Um, you got recent winners there, LSU, Houston, TCU, A&M, Florida. Man, when has, has USC ever won? Have you, has USC men ever won Texas Relays 4 by one Or am I picking history? It only goes back. I, I, let's see. You're picking history, State. bro. Yeah, That's what I do. USC's see, 35% of you just follow Gordon blindly and pick a team that's recently won, whereas I am on the vanguard of history here. Picking USC. Yeah, they've literally never. See, even Colts' beloved Kansas State Wildcats have won the 4 by one at the Texas Relays. So starting with 1925 Butler, 43-2 through the present, USC has never won it. I hope that's why they came to Austin, to right that wrong. Um, so anyway, make the pick, follow along, and have some fun. You could win a, you could be entered to win a, track subscription. Speaking of Texas Relays, we got going with them last night. There was some distance action that we can touch on here. Gordon, Jonathan Jones, fresh off his strong performance at NCAA Indoors, wins the 8, 145.8, and strong showing for the hometown Longhorns in general with Carroza getting third and Bizamana getting fourth. They went 146 and 147. Zahafi of uh, Texas Tech crunched in there between them. So the the run of mid-distance success for Texas continues. It was not confined to the indoor season. They're still rolling. Yeah, having one guy break 146, one sub-147, and one sub-148, it's pretty damn good. And uh, it, it shows that Jones is here to stay. And you got a question, like, if Jones keeps going up this trajectory, will he eventually be in the conversation to to potentially give Brandon Miller a run for his money. Now, I, I don't know. I mean, Brandon Miller is looking for even bigger fish to fry with trying to make world teams. But, mm -hmm. I mean, Jones is running 145. He's super new to the event. Yes, he ran the 800 back in high school, but he's new to it mm -hmm. at the collegiate level. Yeah. You got to think that, you know, two more months – of good 800 meter training, he should be able to get down to the 144 range. And uh, if you're a 144 guy, you you have a chance to win an NCAA title. I like how you said, could he potentially be in the mix to give Brandon Miller a run for his money? There's like nine hedges there. Basically, you're basically <laughs> saying, can he run sub 150? This is basically what saying. No, the question should be, can he beat him? Can he beat him? And I think it's a fair question because he comes at this with this incredible. 400-meter speed. The guy ran Diamond League 400-meter races and belonged in the Diamond League 400-meter race that he ran. It wasn't just thrown in there as a lane filler. The guy legitimately was a top-flight 400-meter runner. Now he goes back to the 800 that he ran, as you mentioned, previous to college. But that was when he was running you know, high 148s 
Um, totally different athlete now. I think it's a legit question. So we could have a Texas Texas A&M rivalry, a legit heads up in another event because you got to like this guy's ceiling. Uh, he tweeted out uh, last night, I wanted this record since 2017, delayed but not denied. Um, he broke the Barbados national record held by Orlando Green from 1976. That's an old record, 1976. Mm-hmm. And he, wait, so he's wanted this since 2017, mm-hmm. but he didn't run an 800 for like the past five years. So yeah. he's been like, I'm going to break that 800 meter record. I may never run an 800 again, but I'm going to break it. <laughs> That's that's the story of a reluctant 800 meter runner. I, I I like it. So this story about Texas in the mid distance is, and even the distance too, because you know you talked about Abdallah at NCAA's right with that crazy anchor leg in in the DMR, and he ran the 5,000 last night. You know, 1348 cruised uh, to a victory there by eight seconds. But this Texas strength here. And it really makes them a very balanced team because when you look at where they got points at the national meet, obviously their four by four ran really well. They have some good sprinters. They're they're solid in the field events as well too. But the thing that's a bit of a surprise is this this mid distance resurgence. Um, what do you think these guys are capable of doing when we look more to outdoor season? When you look to NCAA's, but even before that, something like Penn relays where we expect them to to put a good team out there in the in those yeah. mid distance relays. Yeah, I think we'll get a good understanding of where they are in the outdoor season at Penn Relays. Uh, earlier this year, it was announced that Texas is going to Penn, um, and now looking at what they just did in the DMR at Nationals, what they're throwing down in these eight hundreds at Texas Relays. You know, you see what Yasan Abdallah did on the anchor leg for the DMR. You throw in their DMR, potentially a four by mile, their four by eight. They're gonna have a good four by eight. Texas, mm-hmm. you know, might be the 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 team of the meet at Penn Relays a month from mm-hmm. now. I know they announced uh, that they're running it like back in February, but uh, Texas taking over Penn is gonna be pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, how many teams right now have that firepower in mid distance? You talked about. Ole Miss as one of them, but how long is that list of teams right now that could put out that many 800-meter mile guys? Yeah, I guess yeah, Ole Miss is really the only other team I can think of right now that has legit three-plus guys in an 800 and in a mile to really develop a true team across those three relays, 4 by 8 DMR, and 4 by mile So, And no one had Texas really on their map going into the year. Like, you yeah. think like you're not you're thinking NAU's, Oregon's, BYU's, and things like that. No one had Texas as like potential mid D powerhouse for the Penn relays. Well, but here we are because we we should have known about Jones, I guess, but we didn't know about Jones. And the part about it is the depth. They have a lot of interchangeable parts because you look at what they did in Birmingham. They had the DMR. They had multiple guys in the eight. They had a guy in the in the mile. Right. They doubled a lot of people from DMR to the the eight or DMR to the mile, but it wasn't overwhelming and it wasn't overly reliant on one person. And I think that's going to be really important going into the 
indoor season. Yeah, quite the quite the turn of events here with Texas really getting strong uh, on the mid-distance side of things. Anything else stand out for you from the first, I guess, day of the weekend? Because when you get into track season, Thursday, a lot of these meets start on Thursday. So it's like almost like the, the weekend track meets start on Thursday. Anything from Thursday before we move ahead to Friday and Saturday? No, nothing much. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing else is really happening. Okay, I didn't see. So, anything. what else? So we look at the the start lists for Texas relays. You got some big names involved. We talked about their collegiate teams. There's gonna be a lot of top flight collegiate sprint programs in UT, and but then you look at the pros in the relays. You got names like Shakira Richardson, Dalila Muhammad. Um, you got. Gabby Thomas in the open one and open two. You got a thing, Mo, Raven Rogers, Michael Cherry listed in the four by four high hurdles. You got Kenny Harrison, Anna Cockerell and Christina Clemens. So the majority of the, the biggest names are, are in the relays. There are some people running open events, but which performance are you most interested in seeing from this meet? Well, I mean, it's going to be Shakari, right? You want to see her on the track. We've been waiting a long time. Last time she's raced. Back in what September, she didn't do anything indoor season, and seeing her anchor a four by two or a four by one will be fun to see. Now, obviously, it's not the same as seeing because you know you can't really gauge what someone did in in a four by one split or four by two split because so much is that factor with the the exchanges, the lead, the the mm -hmm. all the different scenarios. So you're not really gonna understand like what type of fitness she's in. But it's just good to see her on the track and see uh, what she's been up to for the past, you know, four or five months of hibernation. Um, I'm guessing she's probably going to make her outdoor debut potentially at the Bermuda Games, which will be live on Flow Track in about three weeks. So that'll be exciting. But yeah, she's the one I'm most excited to see. Here's what you learn from an early season relay. Is the person healthy? That's pretty much it. Especially if it's a four by two or a four by one, where it's very difficult to get splits. Four by four, you could at least pull a split out of nowhere, but usually those races with the teams being stacked, you got a big lead and someone will be like, well, they just cruise. They just shut it down the last 30, 40 meters. So you don't really put much weight in the split. So basically you find out, is this person healthy? And if they're on the start line, you assume they're healthy and good to go. She's not in the four by one right now. She's just listed in the four by two from what I see. And these things shuffle all the time. I remember going to a meet, Texas Relays edition a couple of years ago, and they were literally figuring out the, I was watching it happen, like literally figuring out like the order and like who's on what team, like moments before the race started. It was incredible to behold. So this hopefully is a little more, uh, more structured, but yeah, you just find out if she's healthy. That's why I'm looking more to the individual events and I'm looking at Gabby Thomas being in the open one and the open two as of now as being interesting. We know how fast the track is and there's always a favorable win. So I think we're going to see a marker laid down here in, in these two events. It's going to be the time to beat moving forward for, for Thomas um, and the, and the rest of the United States as, as needing to respond to it because we saw how quick she went last year in the 200 bronze medal. Um, I guess second to that, I would put, even though I had the caveat of the, the relay could be a blowout, but I, I think most split in the four by the four will be a number to watch, obviously. 
Yeah, all the 400s, seeing whoever has the fastest split. I remember, uh, what's her name? Ooh, can't believe, forgetting her name. 400 meter hurdler, who's always like the third or fourth best runner in the country. What's her name? Uh, little Spencer? Yeah, yeah, Spen no, Little, Little, Sh Shamir Little. Uh, I know she threw down a, a very quick four by four split at Texas Relays in 2019 that had people like, oh, watch out for her. Um, but so maybe a thing though will give us some of that that special like a 49.9 or something like that to get yeah. people excited. Um, hopefully she's the anchor leg. That's also want to see. This is a good four by four though. <laughs> With the no, thing, it is, Mo, for real. the little Muhammad, Raven Rogers, and Anna Cockrell, like that will win Olympic gold. <laughs> that team yes. right there. Yes. No, you're 100% right. And then you got Phyllis Francis on the other side of things. Um, I guess who do you think would have the fastest split? I guess it just depends on what order they run in. Right? Because, I mean, leadoff's not going to get the fastest one. So. I'm assuming they'll put Mo last, and so I, I would take her. But I think it would be a th between a thing Mo and Dalil Muhammad. Is Dalil yeah. on two of these teams? Yes, Colt brings up a good point here. Dalil's listed on two of these teams. That's why I'm saying a lot of this stuff's kind of thrown together last minute. I saw Michael Cherry was listed on two teams as well too. I'm assuming they are not going to run twice. That would be very difficult for them to do, and require uh, an out of body experience. I think USA blue and red, I think, are the first priority because that's like the USATF teams because they're trying to get um, marks. And this in the past has been one of the meets that you need to show up to if you want to be considered for the relay. I don't know. That's obviously not the case in the 4x1s because if you look in the 4x1s, it's missing a lot of people, especially on the men's side of things. Um, so I'll go – okay, if I'm forced to pick, I'm going to go with Thingmo. How about you? That's a split. Yeah, a Thingmo. I mean, it's not that hard of a gun-to-your-head pick. Let's be honest. She was the best oh. 400-meter runner last year. She, I would take a thing, Mo, and Dalil Muhammad 100 times out of 100 in a race in the 400 straight up. But you take them both? or wait, No, what, I'll take what, a thing, Mo, over Dalil Muhammad oh, okay. 100 out of 100 times in any 400-meter race that doesn't have hurdles. I don't we... <laughs> that doesn't have hurdles. Yeah, you need the caveat there. Rogers is there as well. Um... In the heat, so yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a good one to to close out the meet. Um, I'll go with Thingmo on that one. What about the men's side of things? Let's pull up the men's four by four. Are we predicting anything quick? Cherry was the fastest guy that I saw on there. Again, he's listed twice, so I'm gonna go Cherry fastest split for the men. I'm going with athlete three of Dallas International. Because as you can see on Dallas International's okay. team, yeah. they have yeah, athlete yeah. one, athlete two, athlete three, and athlete four. Okay, so why why the disrespect for athlete four is my question. I, I don't why know. Why are you I'm overlooking just... all of athlete four's accomplishments? I just feel like athlete three, you know, he, he's got the most letters in his last name. He's got five instead of three, whereas yeah. athlete four has four letters in his last name. I'm just... I mean, you're, you're... You're way off base here. This is a typical Gordon horrible take here. Athlete one's name is literally one. How could you pick against athlete one? That's true. What are you doing? What are we doing here? I don't know. Gordon? Uh, that should I be want the, to talk the, about the, that. Should be the pick of like predicting who athlete one, two, and three are right. for Dallas International. 
All right. So this we also have this is the four by one here. Travis, is this the four by one that's up? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. But we have a squad star athletic with Kyrie King, Ronnie Baker, Fred Curley, and Isaiah Young. And then you have well, also Fred, have USA Red and USA Blue with no people listed, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't believe Fred Curley is running in this meet, though. I think he was preliminarily in. And it makes sense because if you look at the name they use for Fred Curley, they spelled his name wrong. So clearly he was like a, a rough okay. entry and not a, a full-on entry. He tweeted out that he's <laughs> – he tweeted out, Oh, okay. Fred Curley's Twitter account is probably the best Twitter account out there. I'm not going to lie. Just, huh. All right. Those listening, you, can, you, you should probably just go over to his Twitter account and see what he tweeted on, what, March 24th. So, Fred Curley. And we, we assume that's Fred referring Curley. to the 4x4? Maybe. That, I don't know. That assume reference there. could be referring to his NFT collection. He could be referring to, you know, the Man. Marcel Jacobs' win, you know, mm -hmm. the disrespect he's probably getting from people now thinking Marcel Jacobs is good, even though he beat Man. Fred. But, you know, craziness. Fred's been Fred's been pretty damn good I in his two outdoor races. I mean, that 20 – did you see that 20 low he ran? Yeah. That was for where we're at in the season? Yeah, 44 is going to be. 20 yeah, flats? 40, 40, yeah. Yeah, he's answering a lot of questions pretty early on. He's going to have another tough decision to make in terms of what event to be in because he's going to be fine in all three. I want to talk a little bit about the collegiate men's hundred because Devontae Burnett's in there, but like it's going to happen as like we're talking. Like the first round is going to happen as we're talking. So about ten people listen to it. It's going to be it's going to be too late. But and a lot those of those were the highlights. Yeah, a lot of times in these Texas relays fields, they have like weird heats where they have the college final and an invitational, but they have a college kids in the invitational and it can kind of, yes. there's scratches here and there and you don't really know truly what you're going to get until you get to the final on Saturday. So it's kind of yeah. hard to predict or preview in a, in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, like I said, with the relays, especially they're shuffling people around all the time based on what they need. Um, anything else with Texas relays? No, are you going to go? Are you can go today or tomorrow. I might go after this podcast or a little bit after this podcast. Oh, yeah? Check out the uh, check out those hundred heats. You know me, prelim time is PR time. It's true. I don't even care about finals, Gordon. I'm that sophisticated of a track fan. I can see everything I need to see at a prelim. I just watch it. I say the wind. How is the? Are you by a window? I'm. I want to see the wind here. I'm by a window, but there's no way for me to tell the trees, window unless I open trees? it. And I'm not, I'm not opening it. The trees aren't moving. Okay, trees aren't that's moving. all I wanted to know. Yeah, trees aren't moving. But, you know, I could also be blocked by the wind because of the where I am on a hill. So, I don't know. But it doesn't look windy. But you're in a forest, basically. I am in a forest. there's really tall trees around you. My blinds are closed. I don't want to get up and open them. I just wanted to give – actually, hold on. Colt, producer Colt, you're in Austin. Can you give us the official – uh, Texas Relays weather report. Yeah, Go. hold on. I'm going to walk to my window. I'll be back in 15 okay. seconds. All right. So as Colt does that. Um, 15 seconds? To walk, he has a big room. It takes 15 seconds to walk to his window. 
Do you know how many monitors Colt has to produce this podcast? <laughs> and he's got a life-size QR code that he has on top of our head on the YouTube feed here. I'm back. He's got the – okay, Colt, what do you got? It's, it's lovely out there, guys. It's lovely out there. No wind. We're looking at like a 75 degrees. It's sunny. Little kind, I, There's a little bit of a breeze, but just enough. Just enough. Nothing enough to affect a race, I don't think. That's good. Okay. I did see that for Saturday, Gordon, we might even hit 90 on Saturday, Ooh. which we haven't hit 90 this year yet. So that, if we get a little bit more wind, then we could be cooking for some, some fast times. Um, that has been your official Texas Relays weather <laughs> update for 2022. We'll see you guys again next year. Uh, Travis is pulling up some other start lists here. Was this four by ones? Women's four by one? Not sure what we're doing. Let's move over to re- let's move over to rally relays or Raleigh. Raleigh. Sorry, it's not Raleigh. Oh. You're gonna get. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Raleigh relays. Okay, I went through the entries. Here's what all we got. There's a lot of entries, bro. Distance. I went through all the distance entries. Okay, but still, it's still impressive. Yeah. Well, I'm a professional, Gordon. Okay. You don't get this. D- you don't get this DJ mic stand. Like I do without putting in the work. All right. Uh, all right. What did you Tui. discover in the entries? Caitlin Tui, 1500. Men's 10,000. Eric Jenkins, Athanas Kyoko. Women's 5,000. Uh, Taylor Werner. And then some NC State women, including Hannah Steelman. Those were the bigger names that I saw in the entries. Men's five, I guess we could pull up the men's five too. I don't know if I just skipped that or if there wasn't anything there of too much interest. Men's five, like sections one through three. I think that's on Saturday. Is that correct? Man. I don't think there is is a men's five. Well, maybe that's why I didn't find it. I thought there was men's five. (laughs) (laughs) All right, scratch that for the record. Yeah, maybe maybe it is and it's just not listed on the – the results because it's you know the entry just got skipped over but the, i'm sure they're having a five thousand at this meet i can't imagine they're not it seems kind of crazy to only to have like eight sections of the women's five thousand and zero of the men that doesn't make any sense <laughs> all right what do you expect to see from tui i mean tui what's her pr in the 1500 you know I don't probably not. But she's ran in college. She's ran four twelve in the fifteen hundred, and she did that um, at the NCA at uh, the ACC champs in twenty twenty one. So she she got a seventh in the ACC championships. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of wasn't really in the contention. She was kind of just like a a, a, a low level point scorer. I do think it will be interesting if she goes out there and she runs something that's like in the sub 410 range because if Tui's able to start putting together some quick 1500s and parlay that with how she's now doing in the distance events with her back-to-back runner-up finishes, yeah, it is slowly, Tui is slowly molding into a potential, you know, great, NCAA 
distance athlete. I mean, she's already good and she's, you know, obviously multiple runner up finishes, but like if yeah. she can now have that 409 speed, 408 speed, you know, that's what took, you know, Courtney Wayman to the next level. Like Courtney Wayman's an incredible miler. She can run probably four, sub 430 in the mile. And that's how she was able to win that 5K because she has the fastest raw speed. In order to yeah. be good in the distance events in the years of 2022 and on, you need to be a really good miler. And that's, I think yeah. we'll see how great of a miler she is right now. Um, and I think she's probably going to run in the 409 range. I'm, I'm predicting probably 409.8. She's already great. She's already great. I mean, run her up twice. I think she's proven herself. Yeah. The question I'm talking is, about can, like can get the level to win, to win. Yeah, yeah to, right. Can she get a time? And I'll just, it's important to point out too, there's been people who get second, third, fourth in their career a bunch in college and then go on. Like they never win a title and never have like a big breakout and then go on post-collegiately and have an amazing career too. So it's like, even if she just, you know, maintains this level, like the future is still very bright for Tui. The missing piece, and she talked about this when we went out there, is the closing speed. And I thought she took a big step forward at NCAA indoors, right? She wasn't quite there, but she had enough kick to get second in events on back-to-back -back days. So she is right there. You're correct. Yeah, she goes sub 410 this season. I think that's just a great sign of her ability to, to close and close quickly. Um, so, listen. I think um, I think for Tui, like after she got what mid twenties that first cross country season, you're like, all right, that's good. Top freshman. Can can she sustain it? First question. Okay, yeah, she goes, and then the next season when she's still a freshman because of the way the NCAA did eligibility. All right, she sustained it. Then it's like, can she go level up? Then you saw what she at BU ran fast, got out kicked. That's okay. All right, can she go like? She's improving now, which I think is important because she started from such a high level from everybody else. Um, I mean, we saw her in that workout, which is yet to come um, on the site. She was crushing it. Spoiler alert, she's really good. And on a team with a lot of very good women, she's very good. She stands out. Yeah, I mean, we look, I mean, I'm not sure if I, I'm ready to make this comparison, but I'm going to throw it out there. Oh, I think not? I know where you're going. I think I know where you're going. You do? Yeah. Let's see if you do. I don't know if you do. Okay. But she is kind of having a little bit of a similar career as Grant Fisher at the college level. Because if we remember Grant Fisher, his first true freshman year in cross country, he finished 17th. Kalen Tui finished 24th. So very similar ranges, right? Um, now, there is a big difference in that, you know, Tui had a really, really bad day in the NCAA prelims, her first 5K attempt, where Grant Fisher was able to get sixth. But the main point that I'm noticing is that Fisher came in and, you know, he didn't win his first title until sophomore year. He was kind of not that dominating of a figure for his four years at Stanford. He had a lot of L's, right? He lost a lot of times to Morgan McDonald, right? He won sophomore year, and then he comes back and gets third 
you know, two years later, he get or a year later, and then his final year, he gets second. So Graham Fisher had a lot of runner-up third-place type finishes. Um, yeah. But then now, you know, years later after college, he's now one of the best in the world. So it goes to your point of saying, like, you don't need to be a dominating win-every-race type athlete for it to translate to a great post-college career. And that sometimes multiple runner-ups, multiple third-place finishes over a four-year period can be a sign of potential greatness. Let me give you another person. I'm going to give you their finishes at NCAAs throughout their career. You tell me who this person is. Freshman year, cross, 12th. Freshman year, indoor 3K, second. Outdoor 1500, 10th. Sophomore cross, redshirt. Sophomore indoors, just runs the DMR. Sophomore outdoors, second in the 1500. Uh, next year in cross, 158. Indoors, 11th in the 3K. Outdoor redshirt. Then next season, 57th in cross. Fifth indoors in the mile. Third outdoors in the 1500. And then that final cross season that they had, 11th. You know who that is? The years? It's a female or male? It's a woman. The 158, I'm trying to know. It's, it's not Jenny Simpson, is it? No. Okay. No. You're in the you... neighborhood when you're, you're talking Grant Fisher. You're in the neighborhood with Fisher. Oh. Cranny? Yeah. Yeah, another another person who had a very good prep career came in with high expectations. Now, what Tui did was on an entirely different level, but she had the similar thing where, okay, right away, 12th and cross your first year. Okay, that's crazy. Then you're maintaining, you're maintaining. You're never getting you know over the hump, and then you have some bad races in there, but then senior year cross, you're still in the mix. Then you go pro, and then what do you do? You make the Olympic team and break the American record. So, like, like Tui's already there. I know people want this big crowning moment, right? Oh, and, or she, she's going to win a million NCAA titles. It's like she's on a, a great path already. Yeah, sorry. That was my, uh, my phone making a, a, a ringing sound to agree with your statement. That was a <laughs> affirmative um serious and the fact that you said the fact that you said simpson is interesting we had someone in the chat guess purrier like everybody's guessing all these wildly successful um, <laughs> athletes or even remember hasay right i mean she got an individual title but same thing she was close a lot she was in the mix an awful lot so i think you're right i mean i think he, sub 410 would be would be big for her this year and it's exactly what she needs. It's that final piece. Did you hear, this is a slightly off topic, but back to the workout Wednesday stuff. I think after we got back, I read something or someone sent something to me about like, is Tui hurt? And I just thought it was funny because we were there the week before. And I was like, I can guarantee you one thing. <laughs> she is definitely not hurt. She is, yeah. she is not hurt because yeah. what she did was very impressive. So when's that workout coming out, by the way? I'm sure uh, I posted on the Flow Track Twitter the workout Wednesday schedule. 
Should we bring that up? What is that? Travis, can you find that? Okay, so that you up? didn't answer the question, Gordon. We'll get the graphic. We'll get the graphic. If Travis is there, I'm not, Travis might be I don't at think... his window as well, checking the, the wind. <laughs> just type in flow track workout on Twitter. No, 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 no. Yeah, or just search the flow track page on Twitter and then. There it is. Yeah, Gordon, March 4th. It, Here it is. Boom. It's a Gordon tweet because it's got a lot of text. Yeah. Just type in flow track workout in Twitter. Yeah, I put it in the chat. There it is. Pull this up. Here we go. All right. This is the answer to the, the long-awaited answer to the question of when the NC State women's workout is coming out. Drum roll, please. There we go. April Soon, 6th. Two weeks. April 6th. April 6th. So you got Houston next week, then NC State women, uh, Arkansas men, Ole Miss, Arkansas women, uh, Aaron Marsh, Duke athlete, runner-up, UNC women. A&T men, that's Randolph Ross and company, and then Arkansas women, which is going to be that um, Shafiqua Maloney and Britton Wilson. When you look at that list of workouts, what, what's your what's the one you're most excited? If you weren't you you were at most of these workouts, but if you weren't, what would be the one you're most like most looking forward to see? What's like your top three of this list? A and T, NC State, and then, I mean, the Ole Miss one isn't hasn't happened yet, so I'm I'm curious how that one is going to pan out. Um, I mean, I like the Arkansas women one. I was there for that. That was fun. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, man, you have a lot of work to do because a lot of these are on <laughs> you to edit. That's more what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm curious how you're going to edit the NC State men one because we were there for a long time and there was a lot of good stuff there. And there was a lot of good stuff with Coach Ross, Randolph Ross's dad, working with Javante Harding on his start. And then you were, you were focused on getting Randolph Ross and that quarter mile group because they were running, what, 300s. Is that correct? Yeah, 300s, yeah. Yeah. Is that what they won? Yeah. And 150s and 300s. Yeah. And, and the short sprint group was really working on start. So I was, I was doing that and then getting some of the finishes and the reactions. But at the time, I mean, Javante Harding, obviously very good, but he wasn't the NCAA champion. Now he's the NCAA champion. So there's a, there's a lot to work with there. So I'm, I'm excited to see that one because I, uh, I haven't even seen a cut yet. But the NC State one's good. Like if you're a distance fan, you're, that's a bread and butter workout. You will enjoy watching the NC State women's workout, and I think pretty much all the big, uh, like, big um, names were involved, right? Yeah. Like, even Starlipper was there. She was doing – they had two different workouts. We got the first half – like, the first workout with Starlipper and Steelman. They were doing – because they were redshirting indoor. So there was, like, the the redshirt indoor crew, crew and then yeah. the team – the people who were actually running indoors. So there's, like, two different workouts. So we got both. And you're going to do both of those? So that's another workout. I think so. I'll put a, I'll right. do like a part one, part two, you know, I'll figure it out. So Gordon has to do, let's see, one, two, three, four, yeah, five. It's five in a row. And then you get a little break and then six, seven, eight there at the end. Whew. The thing, the thing I'm worried about is, I'm not sure if you know this, my laptop, I, don't, we had no, a big, no, don't tell people, don't tell people this. 
we had a big rainstorm on Monday, and I put my laptop in my backpack, biked home, and I thought the backpack was closed, but it wasn't, and rain got into the laptop. And so I don't have my laptop, and I had to go get it fixed, and it's this whole thing, and so I can't edit. So I'm going to be editing this Houston workout at the 11th hour, probably okay, but in – in Oxford, Mississippi hotel room because that's I'll be on site filming a, a Ole Miss workout on a Tuesday and then trying to get this Houston one up the next day. So, but the footage is safe, right? The footage is secure. I have secured the footage. So the footage is that. It's funny. The first thing you were worried about was Gordon. Where's all the footage? And I was like, I don't care yeah. about my footage. I want my laptop not to be gone because it's an expensive ass laptop. But you know, yeah. No. Luckily, both things hard. seem okay. Laptop is going to be fixed. It's being fixed right now. Footage will be in hand probably by Monday, and I'll be able to start editing. Yeah, I was. I'm a company man. I was worried about the footage. I'm not going to lie. I was like, you can always get, you can always take your March Madness winnings and buy another laptop. But if that footage is gone, it's gone. So it's good. It's backed up. Um, Look at the chat here. When did you guys film that workout? It was. We're there for Valentine's week, so it'd have been mid. Uh, February is when we're out there in, at North Carolina. It was and then the Arkansas stuff beginning. Of it was basically March. Caitlin's. It was Caitlin Tui's like first real workout coming off of her long break, which is kind of cool. Yeah, she hadn't done anything like that leading up to it, so it was the first time Caitlin was like showing that she's potentially gonna run well at NCAA's. I also I had forgotten it was Valentine's Day, and I think that night I went to get something to eat, and you didn't want to eat, so I went like by myself to get something. And then, and then afterwards I went to Target and then I realized it was Valentine's Day and I was just looking at all these like people wandering around Target and I was like, ugh, tough break. <laughs> tough break for this group that's in here right now. They're all college kids too. It wasn't like me who was, you know, out on the road for work. It was college kids like, I'm going to go buy a notebook. I don't know. Anyway. And then Ar- Ar- yeah, Arkansas was beginning of uh, March. March, end of February and then Ole Miss's TBD and almost will be next Houston week. was filming it next week. Yeah, and then Houston was way earlier. Yeah, I don't remember when that was. That was 20, 2021, right? Yeah, End we of twenty twenty one. That in December. It's in December. Yeah. yeah, it's still relevant. It's a good. It's, it's good, good though. It's good. It's Carl Lewis on a yeah, mic. It's Carl. Lewis. It's good. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Okay. Uh, also in the chat, someone Donovan says Texas just ran forty two forty two for the four by one. Wow. I like the live reaction. It's great. We just do like, we should just be doing a podcast throughout all weekend, like just 24 hour podcast. So we can just constantly react to real time results. Yeah. What do you think? So yeah, 4242, LSU 4363, Florida 4410. That's the first round. We shall see. Yeah, it's fast day. Listen, Weatherman Colt predicted it. I, yeah. I throw, throw it to Cole at the bottom of the hour and at the top of the hour. So it is nice. Got a it up. is nice outside. <laughs> you look at like Florida's team in this set. Like that's a no Good. joke third place team right there. Like Diggs, Stark, Kilbrew. Like that's legit. Yeah, yeah. And they and they ran forty four ten. So the fact that Texas is out there running forty two forty two with their four is pretty impressive. Yeah, I. Listen, 
Colt wasn't lying when he said the weather's nice. So school record for Texas in that opening heat. A lot of the collegians, they're, they're just focused on the relays this week. Some of them are in individual events, but the focus is on the relays for a lot of the top college kids. I mean, there's the women's high hurdle race will be good. There's some star power in that. And then the men's 100, I mentioned Burnett being entered, at least as of now. But where you see everybody is in the in the relay. There's Florida State relays as well, too. Do you have any uh, thing you're watching there? If you look at those entries. We do have a, a – oh, speaking of Aaron Marsh, who we're doing – we have a workout Wednesday with coming up later in the season. She got third at the Texas Relays heptathlete. Texas Relays also known for the dec their decathlon and heptathlon. Marsh mm -hmm. got third. Her teammate uh, got second. And Anna Hall, who won NCAA pentathlon, just dominated there, 6,400 points for Anna Hall of Florida. Pretty impressive. Her, she ran a 204-800 to end it. Impressive. Yeah, having a heptathlete who like crushes the final event, kind of cool. Yeah, I like it. Not lie. All right, what's the heptathlon? Sixty-five twenty-seven is the collegiate record. What did she go? What are the results? 64. Oh, oh she's, she's okay. off that. 64. Yeah, yeah. 64. And I know you like this stat. I hate it. But I know you like this one. The American collegiate record, 63.90. Yeah, that, 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 that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> You're always posting about it, though. You're always in the chat with that stuff. So, that's yeah, she, she, she exceeded. That's a, that's a big-time performance. That is a... Huge performance for Anna Hall. Wait, you said 206, 800? This says 204. 204. She ran 204. Dude, that's nuts. She ran 204. Yeah. Very fast. Over How a many... thousand points. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Let's do this game. Let's pull up our individual marks. How many of these individually could qualify for the NCAA meet? Uh, that's I don't two, know. Two hundred four gets you there. Me? I mean, look at look at the winning time in the in the eight hundred from this meet. I think it was two hundred four. I mean, she goes was that thirteen four in the hurdles. High jump probably potentially could get in. Her high jump could get in. The eight hundred could get in. Long jump probably not. Two hundred no. One hundred hurdle maybe. Probably not, but maybe thirteen four. I mean, that's yeah, it's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty wild. So like three out of the seven, right? You're saying maybe it could on like high split jump? her into three other athletes, and then all of a sudden Florida yeah. has even more points. Yeah, wow, great performance for Anna Hall. Um, so FSU, you're you're talking about FSU relays. Anything there? Yeah, so Trey Cunningham isn't in the uh, start list for like the hurdles or individual events. I'm guessing he probably might do a relay, but Matthew Bowling is running the 100. Elijah Godwin is running the 200. And uh, 
Godwin is also running the 400, so he might scratch one of them. But bowling in the 100, that's a big question. Mm-hmm. Who, do you, who do you think? What do you, what, what, all right, bowling. We saw we did indoors. Obviously, it didn't go mm-hmm. as planned. He was a heavy favorite in the two. DQ'd there. Long jump was good enough. He got third. Um, 60, he wasn't able to kind of come in at the end. But uh, what do you think Bowling does this outdoor season? But no, let's not even think about the outdoor season. What does he do this mm-hmm. weekend in his first 100 meter of 2022? What should he over under be? We should ask the chat. What's the chat think he's going to do? Over under, what, what's a good number? 10.13? You could, I guess, yeah. I'll put the over under at 10.10. Okay. I think the question is, will you go 10-0 or 10-1? I think that's the... the I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to be fine. I think we talked about this before. It's just tough to run multiple events in that indoor meet. We've seen it time and time and time again. I think he's going to be fine. I don't think that meet is going to define him. It did not go his way. right? You saw the 200 literally running out of his lane by the end of it. but. I mean, last year at this meet, or last year in early April, he ran 10.32 into a headwind. Um, Last year at NCs, he ran a 10.15 and then a 10.19. He's obviously run sub-10, wind-aided. But if he goes under 10.10, I think that's a great sign for him. But I just, I'm not, you know who's struggled at NCAAs doing doubles? Most everybody has struggled at the NCAA indoor meet doing doubles. There's a small group of people who handled it effortlessly. And those who did handle it effortlessly, you know, good for them, but it didn't necessarily guarantee that they were going to be superstars the rest of their career. It's just a unique situation to be thrown into. So I think bowl, like, if people are selling the bowling stock, calm down. You need to calm, take a deep breath, relax. Who's selling, who's selling bowling stock? I've heard some people selling Boeing stock, and you should yeah. not sell Boeing stock. Okay. And he literally is just signed with Dunkin' Donuts. So they're investing in him. I'm saying you don't take out your investment in him. I just think, Got it. yeah, long jump. He's doing the relay. He's doing 60. He's doing the 200. There's just a lot going on there for him in a short period of time. Did Grant well, Holloway look- manage mul- multiple events? Yes. Grant Holloway is unique. Have we learned nothing else over the last few years than Grant Holloway is unique? And even Grant Holloway, it's not as if he was winning every single competition. He wasn't you know, winning the long jump and all these other events at the meet. Like he, even he had struggles handling multiple events. Did he still get a bunch of individual titles? Yes, obviously, but let's not compare people to Grant Holloway. So the segment we're doing now, it's 9.49 Central Time. Uh, he's going to run his 100 in like two hours from now. So Okay, so let's wait. Let's uh, just keep the pod going. Yeah. <laughs> Our prediction will either age gracefully or age horribly. Um, but yeah, I'm Can going we... over. I think, I think he might surprise and run 10-0. And if he does, that's very good for an opener. Most people don't run 10-0s in their openers. They normally run even like the best of the best. Like... Christian Coleman and Trayvon Bromel, those guys, they're typically would open with a 10-1 something. 
They get the yeah. ten one. Yeah, but he's not. Then, yes, but he's yeah. not there yet. He's not. Th- let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. Well, I know he's not there, yeah. but I'm saying don't like, don't if he, sell the stock, but also don't get crazy about this too. You got to be a saying, reasonable. If he does run ten zero. He does run ten zero. It'll be it'll be pretty crazy. Yeah, what's his is isn't his PB ten one? So of course, if he's ten zero, PRs. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's ten one. Travis, what's the PB? Ten one five. Ten one. Yeah, win legal PB. Yeah, ten one five. Yeah. yeah okay. So yeah, let's let's not get carried away with what the expectation is. Let me just ask you this question: If indoors the national championships didn't happen, let's just say it was twenty twenty, and there was no indoor national championships. Not that we ever want to live that again. Would you have said he had a good indoor season? Yeah. Oh, he had a great indoor season if he didn't have that championship right. result. Yeah. Would you have said going he into took indoors, a step he was forward? The, he was the dude. He was the guy. Yeah. Would, take a huge step forward. Would, yeah. Hundred percent. Right. Okay. So, all right. So, does that meet matter? Absolutely. Of course, it matters. Was it a good meet for him? No, it wasn't a good meet for him. But again, let's not go crazy. Based on one meet when he was extremely busy. All right. Travis, can you, I hate to do this. You, it looks like you got the qualifier list from last year. I want to redo this Anna Hall thing to see how many events she could qualify in. I don't know if you can go back. Gordon, can you pull up her actual results from today to see where she would have fit? I mean, I'm assuming these are. 2021 outdoor qualifiers so you could see last so year she, 205 and change took it took 205 and change to do it so um i just want to go through these one by one to see where she matches up so um which one are we looking at first let's start first with the the 800 let's just see where she, she, she 20460 she ran 60 in the eight so that would have gotten in okay in 18th uh, place. She, the javelin, we don't even need to check that. That wouldn't have gotten in. Her long jump was 623. Long 6. Jump. 6.23 in the long jump. All right. Let's look at where that would have been. It'd be almost it. Oh, Six, tw- just got in. 24th. There you go. 20, okay. So that's two that's events. Still. Next. Her, her 200 wouldn't have gotten in, I don't believe. 23.8. That's too slow. There's no way. Um, and shot put, no. High jump. High jump, 177. That would have gotten in. High jump yep, would have gotten in. she would have in. been in that big group there at the – And then the hurdles. Thank you. She, that's three. The hurdles, 1341. I don't – 13.41. Just on the outside. Misses that by 0.15. Okay, so she qualifies individually in three. And so the ones she misses out on, the throws, the hurdles, and the 200. That's still remarkable. Like, that's kind of Ashton Eaton-ish. Remember that year? Eaton did it at at a higher level. Remember the year his long jump from the trials would have qualified in the long jump? You're like, okay. Or the year at the World Championships when he runs 45 flat at the end of day one. Like, all right. Or when he decided in the off year, I'll do the four-meter hurdles. And went and competed in the Diamond League in the four-meter hurdles. It's what it reminds me of. That level of versatility. You know you're, you're dealing with a special athlete. Yeah. I mean, 
What are you calling? She's only a sophomore, so she's still super young. She has yet to really like show her true potential. So yeah. 2024 is going to be a good year for her, I predict. She's probably going to win the Olympic you just, trials. You just see 204 at the end of a heptathlon competition, and you're like, what? Because you're used to trying to figure out, hey, is that good for a multi-eventer? And she's she's putting up marks that are good for just a regular competition, a regular 800-meter runner in college. Um, Statman John, John Mulkeen says her 204.61. 800 is also the fifth fastest 800 within a 6,400-plus heptathlon. So that's amongst high scores. I mean, yeah. Like, if you don't need to figure it out, if you don't need to think, hey, is this good for a multi-eventer, that's when you know it's a ridiculously good mark. Um, all right, I, I made the allusion before to your March Madness bracket and how it could potentially pay for your broken laptop that you decided to keep out in the rain. You are ranked 50th on ESPN's bracket challenge out of several million. Now, 17 we're still million. Half, 17, 17 million. We still have the other half, the Sweet 16, to go. And then, of course, all the way through to the championship game. There's still several games to play. Uh, what was your strategy? How much money can you win? And how much money will you give your co-host? So, for, I do March. Obviously, we all do March. But I always dreamed of this moment of actually legitimately being in, like, the top-tier conversation. And so... It's kind of crazy to see your name like in the on the leaderboard. Like, because if you actually go to the public leaderboard, it scrolls up, and I see Gordon Mack, which is pretty cool. So the winning prize is a hundred thousand dollars, and I did the math based off of what could happen in tonight's games, and then ultimately who makes the final four and who would win the title. There's a chance I can get to up as high as fifth or third place out of 17 million if it goes the way that I have it predicted because I looked at everyone else's brackets. I spent a yeah. lot of time, but my strategy was very simple. My strategy was just gut, go gut feeling, which is the strategy everyone goes, Hey, gut, I'll go with that. But yeah, uh, I'm a uh, living March madness. Now for me is taking over a different level of excitement. The fact that my bracket actually is pretty good that's ever been in my 34 years on this earth, which is pretty cool. Can we pull up the total, the whole list of the top 50? Can I see the entire list of who else is there? I want to know, are you the only one in the top 50 whose name is just your name and then one behind it? Because usually people get creative with their names. Um, so you don't know what third gets? Just, it's just not $100,000. That's all you know? Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out what third gets, but it's hard to figure it out. Okay. What are your remaining picks? So this is what we need to happen. I have, you need the final four to be Nova, Kansas, Duke. And ultimately, in order for me actually to get fifth, you need St. Peter's to get to the final four, which is probably not going to happen. But basically, if St. Peter's gets to the final four, my mistake will be equal yeah. for everyone else's mistake because no one had St. Peter's in the final four. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's what I need. I need Kansas, Nova, Duke, and not Purdue, basically. Not Purdue. Because a lot of people have Purdue. Okay. So that's, that's who we all should be cheering for. Because if you watch the pod, 
you you're a fan of no you may not be a fan of gordon um you might be a fan of me though and gordon has promised me 10 percent. 10 percent. as long as i text 31032 <laughs> or text according to 31032 I, was, if I, I thought do your strategy win, was going to be workout if, Wednesdays. If I do win, maybe I'll. If I do win, maybe I'll take a thousand dollars of it and I'll put it in the next pickup. I'll definitely do that if I win. Okay, hundred percent. I'll give out a thousand dollars to the fans. Hundred percent. I like it. Um. So there is this your bracket? We got your bracket up here. Yeah, this yes, is that's my bracket. bracket. Yeah. All right. Can we can we zoom in? Can we yeah. Zoom in on that. What do you want to see? I just want to see what's left. Uh, I don't want to see where he's been, Colt. I want to see where he's going. So you clearly – you're a Duke fan, but also we went to that Duke game and, and we got the Duke workout. That's why I thought, hey, is he basing this off workout Wednesdays? Because that yeah, would have been an interesting strategy. Yeah. I did, unfortunately, though, not. Actually, I'm a, the UNC – I picked UNC to go out in the first round because I'm a Duke fan, and I, that was a mistake. I, yeah. I let my, my heart say UNC isn't going to go run, go far. So that was a big mistake is not picking UNC – and then ultimately Kentucky screwed me over. But other than those two mm. mistakes, I was pretty much solid throughout the entire bracket. It was pretty cool. There's some uh, there's some history here, though. I don't know if I've told this story. In 1997, Gordon, your co-host got third in the CBS Sports Sweet 16 bracket, all the way in. I only missed one. Oh wow! I was a I was an Arizona fan because we lived in Tucson for a little bit growing up, um, and they were an underdog, and I picked them to win out and win the title, and that year was the year they beat three number one seeds, so basically nobody had that. They beat Kansas, then they beat um, North Carolina in the Final Four, and they beat Kentucky in the championship, so I only got one game wrong from the Sweet 16 in, and it was just... It was in a bracket where I didn't have anybody else advancing. So I literally only had one thing wrong. Uh, do you know what I got as a prize for third place? What'd you get? A car? A Bill Walton autographed basketball. There you go. Bill Walton autographed basketball. Well, that was Retail value? That wasn't, I'm not sure. <laughs> so that was, you only had to, that was like a second chance bracket type thing? Because after they, okay. So you only had to It was to just pick. sweet 16 in. That yeah. same year though, I won my mom's office pool so i won some money but see i did a hedge that year because i picked arizona to go all the way which was obviously a long shot but then i picked them to lose to kentucky in the title game and it ended up being arizona kentucky and arizona won so i felt kind of like i bailed on my team but it was still enough to win the bracket but in terms of like the big bracket yeah i didn't i didn't do well i didn't i don't know if i entered one but then after they got past the first two rounds, I was like, I'm going to enter the Sweet 16 thing. Obviously, the prizes aren't as lucrative because it's not as difficult when you're going 16 all the way into yeah. the title. So you, you're competing against 17 million people here. Yeah. I went 27 for 32 in the first round, 12 for 16 in the second round, and I'm currently 4 for 4 in the Sweet 16. Pretty damn good. I don't know. This was all of my, my life's work of, you know – some people say if I were taking all my efforts of being a bracketologist into running, mm -hmm. I probably would be a 206 marathoner because that's what the 50th best marathoner is right now in the world is 206. Mm -hmm. Or it'll be a 996 100 meter runner because that's what the 50th best 100 meter time was last year. So yeah, if only I put all my energy into running the way I do with uh, 
watching people play basketball. I could have been a, an Olympian. I'm not saying Do it, you, but, you know. I mean, the can you change don't your... speak for themselves. Okay, so people are probably looking at this, right? Because you're on the main page now. Can you change your name to Flow Track Podcast or something? To get yeah, some should I do that? Or change it I to trust know. the process? I mean, change it to anything other than Gordon Mac One, I think, is the move here. Maybe, you know, producer Colt number one fan or something like that. Ooh, I like that. How is this motivating the uh, the dunk progression here, Gordon? This uh, this boost from March Madness. You know, I don't know. I mean, uh, I haven't done my second dunk. I'm going to do that this weekend, but we'll see. I've heard that before. Um, How's the training going? <laughs> training's going. Training's actually going well. I mean, biking every day. I'm jumping every day. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm, all right, I'm going to hold on. Before we hang up, I'm going to change the title of the pot, the title of my bracket to something podcast related. Let's see if I can do this. I keep on forgetting my password though. So I'm going to log in. What should I change it to? Should I just change the flow track podcast? What should you change your password to? This is live. Don't tell people. No, not the password. Okay. Uh, How about prelim time? It's PR time. No. Okay. I mean, people won't get that. I I think, I think you just put flow track podcast on it. Then I dunk champion, dunk champion. champion. Colt though. Colt. Colt, though, listen, we're playing the long game here. Uh-huh. If he puts Flow Track Podcast on it, it makes it look collaborative. Nice. He wins 50K or something, Ooh. then you and I have That's rights right. to the That's money. Right. So, yeah, F- yes. Flow Track Podcast. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And yeah, if there's a note section. Okay. But it, does, it doesn't show up on the leaderboard yet. But if you notice, I have two in the top 50. You notice that? There's Gordon Mack. I actually have two entries in the top 50. They're the exact same bracket. The only difference mm-hmm. is I switch out who wins the title between Kansas and Duke between the two. How many entries are you allowed? You're allowed 25, but I only did two real ones. I did what I want to happen, what I think is going to happen, and with uh, Duke winning and then with Duke losing. You got to do one with them winning and one with them losing. So that's what I did. Listen, America, line up behind Duke, everybody's favorite team this time of year. I actually was pulling for them last night, maybe subconsciously. I, I didn't know about your bracket until this morning. Okay, so we got it. Is it updated? No, it's not refreshing. I updated it, but like it's okay. taking time. So, well, the person above you is just a series of numbers. It looks like a like a bot account on Twitter. It's like seven five zero eight two three four. So you're you're doing better than that person. Good luck, Gordon. I appreciate I'm it. So we'll be we'll be cheering. Again, for if you. I win, I'll- if I win the hundred thousand dollars, I will give out a thousand dollars of it to this flow track community podcast community. In a pickle. You're just gonna oh you just vent you'll just Venmo them a thousand bucks? No, no, no. You're gonna have to win it. You're gonna have to correctly predict something that happened at Pen Relays or something like that. You know, figure it out. Okay. Jordan Gordon's gonna show up to Pen Relays in a Mercedes. It's gonna be great. <laughs> dunk champion on his license plate. That's the plan. Number one dunker. All right, enjoy the track this weekend, everyone. Thanks to Travis for producing. Thanks to Colt. For producing. Um, again, do the pick them, scan the QR code. Remember, you can text us. Text Gordon to 31032 or Kevin 31032. You know, voicemail, do all that stuff. You can email us. Just plenty of ways to get in touch and interact with the show. We're here to have fun. Um, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Like and subscribe.